Hello and welcome to another installment of Conf Tea with URSE. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco certified partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and today we're going to talk about Cisco certifications. Joining me today is my special guest uh, coming back for a second time on Conf Tea with URSE, the illustrious Michael McPhee. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> I'm sucker for punishment. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back, Brian. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us again. I wanted to talk about kind of the – we spent a lot of time talking about the various technologies, both on the software and the hardware side. We've talked about Cisco support. This is kind of the, the underlying piece of Cisco that a lot of people are involved in. A lot of people work hard to, to, to get these, uh, but it's not as flashy maybe, right? So – and with a lot of the announcements that came from Cisco Live this year, with the changes to the Cisco certification program, I figured who better than to bring in to discuss this than double CCIE and CCDE, Mike McPhee. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely going to lean on you on this. I'm, I'm only just a lowly CCNA, um, but uh, you've definitely been doing this for quite some time. So I'd, I'd love to get your input on kind of, the Cisco certification program in general, right? Let's, I guess, let's start there. What, um, what can you tell me about the the program itself, as far as what it, what its goals are, and kind of what we're what we're looking at here? Yeah, good question. Um, it's all covered under the NDA, though, so I'm going to have to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I honestly, the sense of the rest of this out. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big long beep, where it's all redacted. <laughs> in summary, um, but. Uh, no, I mean, uh, really, the, the goals of Cisco certification program, I think, are probably consistent with what you'd get out of anybody in Microsoft or, you know, any of our competitors, um, you know, VMware on their their side of things. The goal with a certification is to create a community of qualified people um, to, to help not only implement and, and do more wonderful things in, in a better, more capable fashion than they would otherwise. But also, you know, kind of subversively, right, to create some acolytes out there, some people who were champions for the technologies. And, you know, Cisco, as a market leader in a lot of the segments we play in, we have a responsibility to kind of bring people into, you know, the, the new order here. And sometimes it can seem to a lot of candidates or people on the outside that we might be a little slow to do that. But I think what you'll see is, is that the Cisco certification program, you know, has been considered for a long time to be kind of the, the gold standard for CERT programs. And it's done a lot of things to help people get through and acquire new skills and technologies, uh, you know, exposure that they would not have gotten otherwise. And that helps them in their jobs, helps them get new jobs, advance, um, you know, do better things or take advantage of more of the features and capabilities that we deliver in our products. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the, you know, that's the altruistic side of it. And, you know, I think that's, I think that they've done a pretty good job over the years of, of doing that. And I mean, the CCIE is, a, is I think, a 25-year-old cert now. It's, a, you know, it goes to show you just how venerable that program is. And, and you know, a little trivia, the CCIE, I think, was the first of the certs. And then they kind of worked into the rest of the program as they went from there. So um, it, it's pretty impressive you know, how much of a community has been built around that. And as you probably see, you know, you've got a presence online and, 
you know, with social media. And I know, you know, you and I have talked uh, certainly amongst ourselves and with colleagues. It's kind of got, you know, it's got a huge just snowball sort of thing going here. There's a massive industry set up around certifications, around training. And I think that the the certs are just a great way to kind of realize, you know, some of the goals have been met. So that's kind of, you know, that's the long-winded answer for you. No, I like it. It's It sounds like it's doing both the job of challenging the individual to maybe go down a certain path and, and, and learn something, uh, but also when they do that, rewarding them and showcasing them with that seal of approval, that stamp that says, yes, this person has passed uh, the, 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 the requirements to be able to say that they know this topic uh, right. with, with great knowledge. And, you know, as you said, just like, just like the goal with any other certification program, whether that's VMware, Microsoft, uh, you know, fill-in vendor here, um, the goal is, I think, really to kind of easily identify those subject matter experts, uh, you know, within, within those groups of candidates. Because I think a lot of it boils down to there are many job postings out there where they're looking for someone that has those qualifications, those, certif- those certifications to be able to say, yes, I know that this person can take care of this technology if they were to be brought in. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly the hope. I think one of the things we get wrapped up in or, you know, wrapped up in a little too much with certifications is, you know, the attainment of the paper. And I think that, um, you know, part of that, part of that's certainly on HR, you know, HR doesn't necessarily know how to evaluate your and my skills, right? Right. And so they can look towards that as a, a very simple gate, something that they can use that certainly you know, complies with any laws or regulations around hiring practices, stuff like that. Um, and, and it makes it very easy for them to hopefully screen. But I think that the real goal for anybody pursuing these certs and certainly to make it worth your while and to make it something that is the right thing to do is to treat the cert not so much as a destination, but as a validation. And, um, you know, it is certainly a means by which to to sort of guide the process, the learning process. We're all engineers, you and I, you know, we're curious people. <laughs> we like to, hmm. you know, check out things. We want to rip up, you know, rip up the wires and see what's underneath and, right. and um, you know, break it, fix it, break it, fix it, hopefully not have too many spare parts left over. <laughs> and, and, the, and the problem I think we run into with a lot of people is, is they want the letters or they want the number or, or they want the alphabet soup at the end of the name. And they kind of miss sight of the fact that the certs are giving us a great opportunity. They're giving us a a blueprint, especially Cisco. We do a great job of delivering what they call exam blueprints. Mm -hmm. And those blueprints sort of tell you, hey, here's all the different topics you need to have a pretty good mastery of before you can attain this certification. And so from somebody who's new to routing and switching or collaboration or, or data center security or you know, now, you know, with DevNet and, and to the, you know, they're new to DevOps and programmability and APIs and they don't know where to start. These blueprints that come with those certifications give you an awesome roadmap to follow and something that can help you incrementally build your knowledge into some, you know, and turn you into somebody who's really useful in that discipline. And then the exam is nothing more than a, a check, a benchmark at the end that says, yep, I satisfied the goals of that blueprint. 
And so, I, you know, I think that for, for a lot of people, they get stuck on the numbers and the letters and wanting to attain that, which is great. It's good to have goals. I'm a goal-oriented guy. Right. But the certs for me have been invaluable, especially breaking into IT a few years ago. They've been invaluable in helping me get up to speed on the technologies in an organized fashion. Otherwise, I'd still be here, you know, 72,000 clicks into a Google you know, chain of consciousness that has no end. And, and I wouldn't know what I was doing and I'd still be trying to learn the, you know, the first couple of things I set, you know, set out to learn. So <laughs> the certs are great for folks like us, you know, with a functional ADD, you know, it helps guide, <laughs> it helps guide that whole process. And I think that's, you know, that's been the most important thing for me on it. I'm not crazy. My mother had me tested. That's right. <laughs> so, and, and that really kind of totes into the next subtopic here. You know, who do you think should should really pursue going down the certification path? Like a lot of our listeners, right? Because we we cover, I mean, everything within Cisco portfolio. But even then, we cover such a broad range of topics here, from um, the, the 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 security side to the networking side. Uh, you know, listeners on the maybe even the C-level side of, of the house, um, what what would you recommend? Who who would be benefit? Who would benefit the most from going down um, the certification path? Uh, I think it, it. You know, I don't think there's one prescriptive answer, and I hate to be evasive on it, um, but it, you kind of see some of this stuff play out on Twitter or, or LinkedIn, where people you know, we'll get on a kick where they'll slam, you know, a particular path or another, you know, for, it was in vogue for a while to, to poo poo degrees. Oh no, no degrees are a waste of time. Why go to school? Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg dropped out. So should you. And, <laughs> um, you know, and then, and then, you know, uh, you'll see certs, you know, certs certainly come under fire, especially when there's a rash of people showing up, touting a cert who forgot what their real purpose of the cert is right and they tout the numbers and letters but forget the knowledge and um i think i think it's kind of a you know everybody should be learning everybody should develop every employer should want their employees to do so because it can only help both parties right it keeps people happier it keeps the brain engaged brings new skills perspective all that stuff however you can do that and show some sort of improvement or some sort of growth, I think is great. If it's, you know, if it's a degree program and you're taking advantage of tuition reimbursement, um, good, great, good yeah. for you. You know, if it's a certification program and you happen to be both meeting, you know, scratching your own intellectual itch, while at the same time helping out your employer by picking up some, you know, really indispensable skills, awesome. Right. Um, if you're going, if you're just attending, you know, a continuing education class and you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're able to stay focused without some sort of attainment at the end, then hey, great. Good for you. However, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to build up expertise in addition to doing the job. You know, we got to, I guess we got to remember, right. Um, that while we're learning all this stuff, we, you know, we should probably be doing too. Right. And, um, you know, you certainly experience goes a long ways into it. But I find that certifications uh, tend to be a, a very good tactical and granular way of achieving growth goals, whereas degree programs tend to be much broader, much longer, you know, can, can benefit sometimes from intermediate steps. Um, it really comes down to the person and to the timetable you're looking at and what it is they're trying to pick up. And so, you know, unfortunately, context is a big part of how, you know, what learning makes most sense. 
and some of us are geared more towards those you know those uh, inch stones rather than milestones right we want you know we want continuous gratification or validation that we're on the right track certs are a great right. way to do that um, some of us don't need that and we can you know push it push a goal way the heck out there and no I'll get there in three or four years and I'll see you there it's it you know it really depends on the on the particular person no it makes sense I think I think you can summarize that by just saying the people that want to learn for the sake of learning right to be the better themselves or to learn more about something those are going to be the people that benefit the most from the certification program in terms of how it's going to help you educate yourself and how it's going to help you learn and then also to have that gratification, whether it's, you know, simple little milestones uh, as each certification is achieved or if it's a long, longer term goal like a CCIE, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of, you know, I think that's certainly the case. Um, you know, there's at, nobody, very few people at Cisco have a requirement to hold a certification. So there's some self-determination here, right? There's a self-motivation aspect to it. Um, but just like in any place, in any employer uh, in IT, or I would assume, you know, even if you're a product project manager and, you know, where's the PMPs concerned, or you're a, a C-suite person, uh, maybe a CTO, CIO, and uh, an architecture like TOGAF or something is, is really important there. It comes down to, you know, is it something that you need? Yeah. that you would benefit from either internally something that would make you feel better or do better at the job and give you a you know a differentiating skill set or is it something that explicitly is required by the role or the role you're after and you know I'm not I'm not dumb enough to to um to assume that we're all out for just you know our own growth and and all that good stuff there are hard tangible requirements in some roles whether it's a government contractor or a partner organization right. where having certifications is really important and it's a business differentiator so you know certainly that i would see those types of folks prioritize that over other types of education there's mm -hmm. no right or wrong answer um, whatever way gets you to that end goal for you and your employer where you know more you're happier, your employer sees you as more productive, you know, it's, it's a win-win. So, yeah. And we've both run into people that you can tell that they've gotten those certifications just to check the box. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've dealt with, with people, and I'm sure you have too, where it's just like, you should know this. <laughs> I thought this was in page one. <laughs> yeah, just a, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy because with some of the certs, especially as you get towards the higher tier certs, not just at Cisco but anywhere, uh, you get into this mode where you're studying so much that it all seems second nature, hmm. and then you attain the cert and you get back to your day job or you move on to something else, right, to learn. It's it's amazing how quickly the rust will settle in. But hmm. you know, there's underlying truths that yes, certainly, you know, if you've got somebody that says they're you know a CCIE data center, but you know, doesn't know how to spell NXOS, there's a problem. And, and then, and, and we, you know, that's probably a little bit extreme, but we do run into people that it amazes you that, uh, you know, that they're in the business, let alone supposedly holding on to one of those certifications. So, yeah, yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be for the B sides, uh, podcast. <laughs> we My. talk about those horror stories. <laughs> yeah. That one will Absolutely. have to bleep out the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Names are protected to, you know, or names are redacted to protect the innocent or, <laughs> and or protect the guilty. Yeah. 
So, all right. So, and I know that there's been a lot of changes in terms of the the, the path that they should take. So, I'd like to take. Uh, I want to go into that in a minute, but um, what are we looking at in terms of the types of path that they should take? If if it is someone that wants to go towards their, let's say, CCIE route switch, right? Mm-hmm. What is the the which I think is probably one of the more popular, higher-level Cisco certifications, yep. what would be the, the recommended path uh, to get there? And, I, and and timeline, I mean, what would you say is it would be a, a reasonable timeline? Yeah, so it, this is, you know, again, it gets back to context. Um, if this is somebody that's early in career but pretty gung-ho, you know, they're going to have a very different path than somebody who's been in the seat for 15 years doing deployments and is a command-line guru but wants to go back and, and, you know, validate them themselves, you know, through the CCIE process or, or to at least gain recognition for this huge investment in time. Um, I entered it on, you know, more the former than the latter. I was new to networking and saw, you know, as an older candidate um, than, than what you would get consider early in career um, because this is kind of a third career for me, third career third or fourth something the greatest like showing in your beard uh, one of these days i'll figure out what i'm going to be when i grow up but um you know at the, at the yeah the gray, the gray is bad it's strong with me here um but my uh you know when i got into it i i saw and it, it gets back to what motivates you or how much structure do you need some people see the fact that there's not really a whole bunch of prereqs for the CCIE, at least in the past, it was anybody can take the written, you know, mm. my, my mom, if she so chose in retirement from nursing, could decide to go down to a Pearson view center and, and take the CCIE written exam. And if she passed, be eligible for the lab. It wouldn't matter whether she knew anything or not. If she knew enough to pass that exam, she was in, um, that, that is still going to be the way it is after February. Um, February is when the big changes come in that everybody discussed. Uh, but instead of having the CCIE written exams, they're going to um, go down to this concept of what they call a core exam. So if you wanted to take the CCIE enterprise infrastructure, you would have to take the CC or the, the enterprise infrastructure core exam, which is kind of like this written exam. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big tie-in is it used to be that was separate from the CCMP, separate from the CCNA, all that stuff. Um, but now, you know, with the way we've tiered the, the exams, uh, that if you want to be a CCNP in a particular area, you have to take that core exam plus one specialization. Right. If you want to be a CCIE in that, you need to take one core exam and then do the lab. So... Um, I, I would say that the path is really going to depend on what background you bring mm-hmm. and what sorts of structure you need to help get you up to the level of knowledge you need before you go in and take that lab exam. And so some people who might have been in for a long time might go and pass the written tomorrow and then, you know, lab up on some concepts that they're not sure of and attempt the lab and see what happens. Uh, for folks like me, I went through the CCNA, CCNP you know, CCIE path uh, very methodically so that I could use each, you know, previous certification to help build me up for the next. And I found that a very useful pathway. And I, I still think that's kind of traditionally how most people go through is, is they'll proceed through the A, P, and then E level um, so that they can 
you know, leverage some of what they learned in those lower tiers to help boost them into the next tier. So it's not all new. Um, you know, either way, when you get towards the end, as you're talking about the expert exams in particular, they they give you this number. You know, you have 18 months to a, attempt. I think it's I think it's 18 months to attempt the lab exam after you've passed the written before you have to retake the written again. Mm-hmm. And so you you have this 18 month window, and everybody thinks, oh, 18 months, that's plenty. Well, life gets in the way. Oh, yeah. And I know for me, for for the CCIE route switch, the first IE I got, I think I was close to the 1800 hours of mm. of prep to to get to that point before I passed. Now I I failed twice prior, um, so you know, so third time was the charm. But uh, it's yeah. It, 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 it's really going to depend. I didn't have the practical hands-on. You know, I have arthritis now thanks to it, but I didn't have the practical <laughs> hands-on that everybody, uh, that a lot of people that go into it have. And so I had to make up for that with some serious labbing and continual prep and, you know, watch some videos three or four times instead of once or twice that other people might just kind of, you know, skim through because they have a much better background. But that's a good point you mentioned too, is that in that 18-month window, that doesn't get expanded or that doesn't get extended every time you attempt the the lab. You have 18 months to take and pass the lab, correct? I think there's a certain, yeah, I'd have to check. I, I know that the validity of that first written exam, and I don't think it's actually really too important to get wound up. And hopefully by the time you're getting to that point, you're looking at whatever rules govern that particular time and place for you and and your pursuit so that you're able to take a look and say, oh, yes, you know, I need to you know, take my written again, or here's my window. Um, but, you know, just know that the writtens aren't forever. Mm-hmm. And you also have to make sure that you're looking at the appropriate blueprint. So there's a lot of people right now that are trying to figure out where do I stand with any of these certs. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we know, the CCNAs, you know, there's like a, almost a dozen of them, right? right? They're collapsing it down to one CCNA now yeah. and going back to like a single CCNA to rule them all. And then... Um, with the exception of CCNA DevNet, which kind of breaks that whole one ring to rule them all thing. But, um, you know, we'll leave the DevNet guys out for now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, They're not DevNet. here to defend themselves. Sorry, sorry DevNet people. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and then once you go through that, um, you know, you've got the one core plus specialization thing to get the P level, whereas it used to be anywhere from three to five different right. P level Depending exams. on which route you were, ta- which way you were taking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, route switch was three, you know, security yep. was four, I think collab was five, you know, and and service provider was four or five. So there's, they, they were beasts, and it was really hard to stay current and to you know keep and and not I'm not just on the candidates part, but on our part too as a company, we're pr- trying to provide timely material and to maintain that sheer number of certifications. And to have this really rigid, well, you need route switch and T-shoot, all three of those exams had to be up-to-date and current. What this gives Cisco is the ability to manage one core exam per track and to have specializations that come and go when things go in and out of vogue. We know that happens a lot. And which happens, right? You know, Collab has gone from very much an on-prem, you know, router-focused type of thing with CUCME and... SRST and dial plans and all that fun stuff to being something that's very much cloud focused and automatically provisioned. 
And so this evolution is going to help Cisco and the candidates stay much more current. It's going to provide a much more compact path into each certification. And it's it's going to allow Cisco to ad adapt much quicker to that. And I think it's actually a really smart move on their part and a really good move um, for candidates. In the near term, though, everybody, you know, rush to rush to the learning network.cisco.com because there's some great tools there that can help you understand, you know, if you're in the middle of a pursuit, if you're one exam, you know, of three towards your goal, take a look, see what the deltas are going to be and see what happens in February. So you can decide which, if any, exams you want to knock out before that deadline so that you can get the conversion you're looking for. Because um, not all, you know, not one size fits all. Not all cases are, are the same here. So we want to make sure people aren't left in the in the dust. Now, that the, we'll definitely put the link in the show notes. And you would recommend that both for how to navigate uh, what certification pathways you want to take, as well as learning what conversions you would be eligible for in terms of what uh, what you're going to get credit for if you're halfway through something. Um, but would you also say that's a, a good place to kind of kick off and, and study to, oh, to kind of know where your resources are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, everything to get you started on any of these certifications is included at that website. Um, you can go through and, you know, there's a tab um, up top where you're able to dive down per level and you're able to see the different tracks and that will launch you into what the requirements are for each of those certifications. And this, when I talk requirements, that's captured in a blueprint. And so if you're not familiar with the blueprint, it's an outline that you can, you know, take and, and put into a spreadsheet to help track your, your level of, of knowledge in each of those particular areas. And you've got a great chance if you study to those blueprints and understand, truly understand each of the pieces of that blueprint, you've got a great chance of passing the exam. And, and that's when you look at it, those blueprints are arranged in such a way as to help improve your knowledge, your efficacy, and your value to your, your organization or to yourself, not just to pass an exam, but to be a more competent and, and complete engineer. And so that's a really cool way of kind of structuring your learning, structuring your growth and, and going forward. And then there's also links into, you know, any pertinent classes. So if, you know, if there are classes that are offered either through uh, an online delivery mechanism like Cisco's Digital Learning Library or a partner training like through Global Knowledge or New Horizons or whatever, there will be links in there to point you towards those courses because some of those are standard courses. Um, there will be reading material there. Um, there may be learning labs that are um, associated with it that you can purchase, or um, there may be articles or tech notes or even, you know, publications that are linked there as well. So it's meant to be a great place to kick off your, your study and to kind of help guide it. Um, there's a huge community associated with it as well, and the community is very valuable. If you've got questions, there's some very active tracks in there. And so you can pose questions or you can search answers and, and see if, you know, they can help further your understanding. And, and you know, we're not dumb enough to or, or naive enough to think that this is the end all be all. People use certainly a lot of third party or outside blogs or whatever. Uh, this is just meant to be a good place to kick things off and to keep coming back to. Uh, so hopefully people will participate in that. It's a it's a pretty slick way of of improving your knowledge and even better finding like minded people and becoming part of that community to link together to to join up. When you go to Cisco Live, 
you'll see hundreds of people congregating at the social media, you know, hangouts and tag ups and stuff like that. People who've only met virtually through, you know, the learning network or through uh, Twitter or through LinkedIn. And they finally get to meet because they've been working together virtually on certifications. And it's a really cool way of going through things here. So I want to take a moment here, dim the lights, and get real personal here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'd, I'd really like to hear your experience on, on your pathway to the CCIE certifications that you have, as well as the, the CCDE, which is something that I'm not really that familiar with. So I, I'd really like to hear kind of um, your take on your experience with gaining those certifications. Gotcha. Um, I'll try and give you the the quickest rundown I can. Without saying um, anything that would get you fired. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, m- most of the bad stuff happened before I started working here, so we should be all good. We should be all good. The statute of limitations is over. No, I, I was at an employer that did a lot of defense contracting in the past and had some um, colleagues that I used to have to rely on for answers with anything regarding IT. I was not an IT person. I was a, I was a systems engineer in the DOD sense of the word, which is somebody who worries about requirements and, you know, systems and subsystems and breaking things up. And I got kind of got tired of losing opportunities, um, you know, proposals for for NATO and and DOD customers because our network architecture was hosed up, uh, because some of the guys that were informing it didn't know what they were doing. So they had the opportunity to go to CCNA class. Um, they had a spot open. And it just so happens I was the only one out of the 20 some odd people who attended that actually took the exam. (laughs) So (laughs) I really liked it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And so I got started doing certs and I worked my way through a couple of NAs. Um, I think it was NA security, NA voice, NA route switch. Um, I did the NP, uh, the IP, which is defunct. It's now this, you know, NP service provider. And then I did the um, DP, which, you know, up until next February was only one exam different from CCNP route switch. You know, you had your route and your switch exam. And if you wanted the MP route switch, you added T shoot. And if you wanted the, you know, CCDP, you added the architecture exam. That was the only difference. So I thought, ah, low hanging fruit. And so I started building certs and building knowledge and becoming more and more into it and saw as a future goal, you know what, someday I'd like to tackle that CCIE because I'm really enjoying this pursuit. I need to get a job in that sort of field because I was still doing the system architecture stuff over there. And when I made the move, I was already, um, you know, to my first IT gig, I was already studying pretty hard for the IE and using that to help compensate for my lack of, you know, hands-on direct experience in IT. And so the route switch was really a pursuit for me, just to kind of prove to myself that I could learn enough to contribute to the community and to be, you know, to be in a good, you know, meaty IT role. Um, You know, I passed the written on the first go, felt great. And then it took me three lab attempts uh, towards the end of the blueprint version four, which if anybody remembers was really ugly because, you know, you didn't want to be left without a, a, a passing lab and then have to transition to a completely new blueprint. And so, uh, you know, past uh, my third attempt, I was happy for a, a while, started to get a little bored, started to realize, boy, I'm doing a lot more security. And so I, I did the CCMP security uh, to kind of augment the knowledge, knowing that I'd probably leap off and do the CCIE security. 
And so, you know, being that I, and I still do a lot more security than anything else, it just made good sense. And I, I believe that, you know, for certs to work or any learning pursuit to work, it's got to serve more than just one purpose. Don't just do it for, you know, the letters and numbers, or don't just do it for the glory, or don't just do it to, you know, to be smarter or fill a resume or check a box. Do it for all of those things and the fact it's going to make you better at your job. And the fact that it, you know, already fits in with things you're already having to do. Um, you know, I like to do things that, you know, I get to, you know, I, I cover, I, I kill a lot of birds with one stone, let's just say. And so that's, and with security, that was certainly the case because all of the information I was picking up in that pursuit helped me in my day-to-day -day job. And, you know, it kind of helped guide the studies I was doing at night just to try and keep up. And so it gave me a good purpose. It gave me a good structure to work within. <clears throat> I got that in 2016 and um, was invited by some friends, both inside and outside of Cisco, uh, to join a, what was at the time a Slack group where they were all studying for the DE. And I, I kind of thought in the back of my mind, boy, I'm, I'm more of an architecture guy. I'm not really a hands-on dude. Maybe that's more my speed, but I was burnt out. And so I just kind of, I was invited to join just to contribute and uh, just to kind of be a fly on the wall. And, and thank goodness I was. I, I met some wonderful people there. And um, after seeing how they went through the pursuit and just how sharp they became and how much more perspective they had, I, I decided, you know what, I really want to do this too. I, I don't think I can rise to that level of, uh, you know, of awesomeness, but maybe I can pretend. And so I started the DE pursuit, and I actually found it to be the coolest of them all. And a lot of that was because with the IEs, you you have to dedicate time for labbing. You you need either a virtual or you know physical lab or something hybrid in between to do it. You have to build muscle memory, you know, with your with your um, you know keystrokes and your CLI skills. You have to um, do yeah, understand the interaction trees, the user experience trees with all of the tools you work with, whether it's GUI or, or CLI or otherwise. Right. And with the DE, it was much more focused on my, my sweets, you know, my, my soft skills, which are arguing, you know, <laughs> causing trouble. I would come into the office, uh, you know, and in my free time, I'd walk over to one of my coworkers uh, desks who was studying with me for it. And I would say, all right, man, here's what I believe tell me I'm wrong, you know, and it was just kind of those, one of those things. And it was really learning how to, um, hone my own, um, baloney detector. I'm going to censor myself here. Um, and, and learning how to contrast different options and different solutions and understand the things that I think engineers take for granted. Like, you know, what's the impact on CapEx versus OpEx or, you know, where's the, where's the future proofing or which one's going to be, um, you know, a better scale or which one's going to deliver um, additional capabilities that meet these secondary objectives. And that was really the DE. It was learning how to look at the business constraints and requirements and not, not do things to best practice, but do things for, you know, best fit for that best use customer. And so it was a cool combination of ditching all of your bias and forcing you to be in the moment. And when you get to that practical exam, it all comes to fruition. You you have four two-hour scenarios. And you get in there and you basically have to be an employee of a company kind of choosing your own adventure for two hours each. And when it get, when, when you get done with scenario one, 
forget everything you just did because none of it carries over to scenario two. You start wow. fresh, you start over, and you you know you simulate anywhere from a few months to a few years worth of decision making in a two hour block, and it's a really cool way of looking at the world because it was vendor agnostic. It was you know, focused on the things I think you and I do every day. I really right. think pre-sales people need to do more design uh, certifications because it can only help. And I, I believe that's what the DE did for me. It was awesome. That That's incredible. And I, I 100% agree with you. I've, I've said this before. It's one of the benefits of this role is that I do get to solve problems across various types of organizations, right? From the small mom and pop shops that have two locations to the larger organizations that have thousands, they're going to have different needs. They're going to have different technological needs. They're going to have different financial limitations or, or and other factors at play. And trying to come up with that solution, I've, I've said it to my customers over and over again, I want to be that trusted advisor role. That's what I'm doing. And it sounds like the DE really kind of um, – facilitates that. And it's a CCDE, that's Cisco Certified Design Expert? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because we love our acronyms here. <laughs> well, and, yeah. Yeah. And, there, and um, you know, there's some changes to the entire program. The only one that was not explicitly mentioned at the at Cisco Live in San Diego this year was the DE. And it was the only one that was left untouched uh, for this go around. So, uh, but it is alive and well. Um, you know, it is, it is, um, still a very valid and, and highly encouraged track. It's just hard. It's very hard because you do, you know, whereas each of the IEs, you've got a very clear, well-defined blueprint. And yeah, they can be quite expansive and require a ton of prep. The DE is hard because it's a lot of, it's reading, it's comprehension. It's, it's um, you know, there are some fantastic uh, friends of mine that are, are working on it and, you know, have had a couple of goes with it. And it's hard to really quantify what makes a, you know, what makes a successful candidate versus not once you get to that level. Cause you're really, you're talking, you have to know data center, security, route switch, service provider, you know, you're making decisions in all of those realms, a little bit of collab, you know, some wireless, all of those things are, are fair game. And so whereas an IE security, you know, you're going to be doing security stuff, you know, and if there's a router or a switch, it's the security functions you're after uh, with a DE, you know, you're not even making, you're not doing implementation stuff. You're deciding, you know, well, which technology are we going to do? Which routing you know, should yeah. I, protocol should I use here? Does and, BGP make sense or, yeah. And, and you know, and how am I going to, you know, where am I going to put policy? Or what does my, you know, I get to choose a control plane. Well, I don't know. Mm. What, does this make sense? And sometimes that's not even which routing protocol it's to use, you know, do you use OSPF or ISIS or are you going to do something completely different and, you know, make this whole thing layer two or something ridiculous like <laughs> flat that? Flat network. Who, who knows? Whole, yeah, 8-bit flat <clears throat> network. Go for it. 8-bit, <laughs> yeah, hold, yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll TNC, you know, coax. Yeah. And yeah. no spanning tree. <laughs> no, no spanning tree. No, no, not at all. Yep, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do token ring. And no, I'm just kidding. But, That's, I mean, it's, it's just Leroy Jenkins all the way in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you still got my chicken. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it is a really cool pursuit. I don't. I honestly think it's got a. Uh, you know, it it is unlike the IE where you can book an exam. Um, you know, for almost any business day. The DE is only offered 
I think four times this year, three times next year. So it's three oh, wow. days where people worldwide who are eligible and sign up and, you know, uh, want to take it can take it. And also, unlike the IE, there's a weight with it. So with the IE, you know, if you passed within, you know, a day or two. Uh, with the DE, it's anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks. And so that is a very, wow. yeah, that is a very painful uh, process uh, to go through and, and understand, um, you know, but whether it makes you sense. need I mean, to pick you're, up you're, and start studying again. You're, you're not, you're not <clears throat> testing to a known answer, right? There's, there's, um, well, I mean, I mean it, the, the, the way it's delivered is actually very, it's, it's the most innovative test you'll see. It's a Pearson pro center delivered test okay. and it's got combinations and you can look up the sectorials online and, and the CCDE things on Cisco live.com. Also a fantastic site, by the way, for learning about certs or learning about anything for the certs. But when you go through that and you, you under, I mean, it's still multiple choice, multiple guess, you know, multiple choice, multiple select, um, you know, drag and drop, you know, it's that kind of thing. And so they could, they used to be able to give you a grade right off the bat, but we did have a rash of uh, strange behaviors and, um, you know, folks that uh, maybe weren't approaching the exam in a completely above board fashion. And so as a result, you know, now there's a lot of, there's a lot of secret sauce that goes into uh, vetting how people or, you know, whether they went about it the right way and, and whatnot. And so, you know, as a result, they've had to slow things down and put in this 10 to 12 week evaluation window. And so, um, but I can tell you, you know, it's it's worthwhile. It's a worthwhile pursuit. I don't know anybody who's passed or failed who doesn't think that they became a much better engineer for it. And I think that's the, that's the key, right? Gets back to that original goal. Um, right. You know, when you start these certs, remember that they're there to kind of help guide the process and validate the learning. Um, you know, they're not the goal themselves. They're kind of just a validation that you've, you know, attained the real goal, which is knowledge and, right. and you know, uh, competency. And I think that, you know, anybody who approaches, especially the expert level, because, you know, we all get disappointed. You know, I've I failed my fair share of exams. And, um, but every single failure was a huge learning opportunity. You know, there's that saying, there's, you know, only two results, right? Learning and passing. And, and so if you kind of look at it that way and you can, you know, stay humble and, and keep pushing, you'll, you'll make it. It's the old, uh, Thomas Edison saying where he didn't, uh, fail a thousand times. He figured out a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, so Mike, with all, with all the changes coming in February, and I think it's what February twenty is it twenty sixth or I think it's the twentieth. I think it's 20th. February twentieth. Yeah, something um, like that. So it, it's around there. Definitely check out the, yes. uh, the learning website to uh, to see the exact date. But with all the changes coming in terms of twenty oh, fourth, sorry, twenty fourth. All right, we, yeah. were, we were we were both wrong. <clears throat> At least we were close. Yeah. Um, and for the record, I was closer. Uh, <laughs> You went over though, and by uh, yeah, uh, if by Price is Right rules, I'm I'm the winner. So we're just gonna go with that. All right, there, Bob Barker. <laughs> um, don't forget to get your cat spayed or neutered. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to see if I make you spit out your iced tea. Um, so, with all the changes that are coming, Mike, what would be your recommendation for prospective testers um, in terms of? Like, in, in the, for example, what I'm looking at here, I'm looking to go towards the CCNP route. 
I don't really have much in terms of things I've already been working on to kind of transfer over. So I'm kind of starting clean, right? I'm starting going from CCNA to CCMP. Um, where would I? Where should I look for resources for these? These I imagine there are going to be new tests that are that are coming out as far as this reorganization. Where should I be looking? Is, is it the same resources we've we've mentioned so far as far as the the guidelines and and um, what we what we're going to be putting out on those tests? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think people fall into the trap too often of of relying on study guides uh, mm-hmm. to be available or certification guides, and certainly they're useful. Um, but especially as you move up and into the expert level, the certification guides or the you know the examination guides are, are just one of many resources. And so at the end of the day, you know that blueprint is the Bible. That's what you want to look to. And however it is you learn and attain knowledge um, towards how you can achieve those goals, great. You're going to find that a lot of the Pearson Press books, which do a great job distilling the information or bringing it together, actually heavily leverage a lot of Cisco documentation. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're going to be going after APIs or you know that you're going to be, um, you know, learning about programmability, there's a lot of other ways to go about that. You can, you know, get your DevNet account fired up and go. Right. Um, If you know you're going to be learning about routing and switching, well, you know, there's some awesome documentation right within the iOS, you know, configuration guides. And so those are certainly very helpful um, in, in, you know, in pursuing these sorts of things. Very cool. Well, Mike, we've gone over quite a bit today. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap things up here. Is there any uh, final thoughts, any uh, last things you'd like to mention before we, uh, we mark this one as done? No, I just you know, want to encourage folks to learn however fits your your time your life your schedule and if certifications are the way to do that they're they're fantastic value um cisco certifications especially have been awesome but i I can even say that for some of the non-cisco or industry standard type stuff um just you know find things that you're passionate about learn them you know in a way that it benefits both you and your employer and you'll be in great shape awesome and and speaking about things you're passionate about uh mike i didn't tell you i was going to do this but uh, I wanted to take this opportunity because uh, I, I missed it last time. Mike is an author of now two books, uh, both on Amazon, Penetration Testing with the Raspberry Pi and Mastering Kali Linux for Web Penetration Testing. So he's definitely taken uh, and pursued that goal of, of wanting to master uh, something a little bit outside of the uh, the realm of his daily activities. And, uh, again, two two great books. I highly encourage you to check them out and uh, – Pick up a Raspberry Pi and uh, get to learn a little bit of Linux and have some fun. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for joining us today, Mike. And thank you also for listening to ConfT with ERSE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues and giving us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you're not already a subscriber, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get notified when we publish a new episode every two weeks. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there. And don't forget to save that config.